everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. It's been a while. That weekly has definitely not been weekly, but we have a special episode as we look back at 2018 as our best games of 2018 that came out on the App Store. I do know that it's already almost the end of January, but the Academy Awards are still a month off or something, so we can look at the best of the year a month later. And so let's get to it. And Brett, thanks for joining me. I'm it's back. It's good to be back and talking about games. I know, it's been quite a while. <laughs> we the holidays got away from us and all kinds of life events and so it's good to be back. Yep. No time like the present to have a new podcast. And so we're going to be doing a top 10 countdown from 10 all the way up to 1 for a game of the year. But before we get there, I did want to just... you. There's some games below that that I wanted to highlight. So Gone Home, absolutely amazing. It came out in December. Final Fantasy XV was just a great implementation on iOS. Barbarian is an outstanding action-based combat game with over-the-top kind of millions of units on screen to defeat. There was the new Alto's Odyssey game. There was a new Rusty Lake game. Teen Titans had an awesome turn-based strategy sequel game. And just really some outstanding releases. But we're going to go in-depth on the top 10, starting with Paco 2, which is... So it's interesting because Paco 1 came out a few years ago, and it was a really like self-contained, top-down, small view where it was just an endless kind of survival game. You usually lasted 10 or 15 seconds and you died. And so then Paco 2 came out and it expanded it with all new cars, all new environments, and mission-based progress through these environments. But then later in 2018, a Paco game came out that was kind of like a 1.5 game, essentially, where it was like the original, but amped up a little bit. And so it's really weird that they kind of regressed in their development. So... We're just focusing on Paco 2. It came out like way back February 2018. And again, it takes that familiar formula of trying to evade the police, but gives you these really expansive environments to drive through, and you have constant missions. So you'll need to drive to one location, pick something up, and then go deliver it somewhere else. It's like 400 meters away. And, you know, there's these scaling different environments with rocky cliffs that you can just drive off and destroy your car so you always have to be cognizant of your surroundings and then of course the cops are chasing you but you have a passenger that can also shoot the cops if you kind of angle it properly so it's just a ton of action all going on at once and I remember Reckless Getaway 2 came out it was one of our best games of 2017 so this has a very similar idea just from different developer. Yeah, we're going to kind of just pretend that that Paco 3 never existed. <laughs> it, I, I don't even understand why they did that, because this was what Paco should have always been all along. That more expanded view that kind of gives you everything, but you still have that kind of, you don't know what's going to happen because cops might come flying in from anywhere, and then those cliffs and things just creep up on you. You don't even know, because it tells you kind of like follow the arrows and kind of guides you where to go but it could leave you it like if you're someone who just blindly follows your gps it could take you right off a cliff because you don't know that that thing's coming all of a sudden you're you go toward the side of the screen and you're like whoa i gotta stay on this on the cliff i gotta stay on the ground and not go off and this was just 
such an improvement over the original because you have that constant missions there's always something to do uh the i think my only real complaint about this was the unlocking of those cars and unlocking of the different locations felt a little grindy i i went back and replayed before we were going to record and it seemed like you were earning more money a little bit faster. Maybe it's just my imagination, or maybe when I originally played it, I wasn't that good. But it just seemed like uh, it was a it was a little more grindy to unlock because everything's pretty expensive. New cars are twenty something thousand dollars. New locations are ten to thirty thousand dollars. So it it takes a, a multiple rounds to even get up enough money to unlock a new car but then if you want to unlock a new location with that car now you're going to have to uh grind a little bit more to get more money that was really my only complaint but otherwise yeah that that kind of reminded me of reckless getaway 2 and just the fun of just trying to outrun those cops and kind of stay on the road it's just a, a really fun game that just is like the ultimate little time waster that you can kind of get lost in play as little or as much and the time just like drifts away from you it's worth noting that maybe they did update it because again this came out february 2018 so if they've updated it since you know like you said you don't know if you're better at the game or not but if it is indeed updates to kind of fine-tune that grinding idea i love games that are going to be improved throughout the entire year to really be on that top 10 list not like we released it February 2018. We had a couple bug fixes. We supported iOS 12, and that's it. Yeah, there is, that is one thing that I do kind of look at, and that actually one of the titles that's coming up has only been updated twice in the entire time uh, since it re was released. Uh, but I do kind of look at that to see, did this developer kind of support the title through the year? So this one in particular launched on January 31st, 2018 and they had like maybe eight or so updates through September of, of last year so they were good about constantly kind of adding new maps adding new cars and just keeping up with the game rather than kind of having that release and forget about it and then hopefully it'll kind of just stick around people's memories but yeah a nicely supported app is always a good thing yep so that's paco 2 it's a dollar 99 it's universal and if you are searching on the app store for any kind of paco games make sure it's paco 2 the other ones really aren't worth your time yep and so that means we're on to number nine and i'm sure you've heard about this game whether you've played it <laughs> and it just by browsing the internet at any point it was the probably the most popular thing in 2018 and it's Fortnite, and really you just have to include this game in the top 10. It's not... The game on your iPhone isn't going to be as good as on your Xbox or your PlayStation. And that just comes inherently with using touch controls versus a hardwired controller. And this doesn't really tie into our 2018 kind of discussion. But coincidentally enough, this morning, Fortnite or Epic updated Fortnite with mobile or mobile game controller support so if you have an mfi controller you can now use it with fortnite so that's going to help its cause already but anyway the full battle royale mode is available on ios and it includes everything from fortnite all the different skins and emotes and all the, just the constant update of new modes with the new seasons you can work toward completing your battle pass and the special challenges that they have everything is there play by play and then the servers are tied so you're playing other people on iOS. So you're not just going to get annihilated by somebody who's playing on PC 
or Xbox, you're going against other people who have touch controls. And so it is a bit tougher to build on iOS. You know, the menus are kind of convoluted, but that entire game is there. You can play Fortnite on your device and just have as much fun in that crazy world of Fortnite where you kill somebody and you dance over their dead body. You don't even have to go and kill somebody. You're playing squad modes. You all, Everybody in your squad can just jump on a plane, fly around, dance on the wings, and not worry about everyone killing themselves down below. Fortnite lets you do what you want to do, and you kind of just have to include it as a top game just in the sheer size and scope and magnitude of what Epic has been able to pull off of having so many simultaneous players. I think one of their in-game events earlier this year had 8 million simultaneous players. I mean, you just can't argue with that, and to be able to bring it all, that full form, onto your iPhone where you can play it, you know, sitting in line somewhere, is just pretty awesome. Right, yeah, the number of people playing this, the number of kids you see playing this, I mean, the game alone, in its first 200 days, made $300 million, and it's making like $1.5 million a day, just from the iOS version. That's not even including the consoles and all the other versions, like... This is just like a tremendous cash cow, and so obviously they have incentive to update it. But this, you talk about like updating games and constant con- like content updates. This gets them all the time, and they are just all trying to keep in parity with the consoles. And you get all that same content, the same characters, the same skins, everything. They try to bring it all to mobile as well, and so it's just nice to see this fully fleshed out version of the game where I know I prefer physical controls and obviously I'm going to try this now with the, the, the controller, the external controller, but, uh, just to have that full experience, not like a watered down experience, like this, the full experience on a mobile device is fantastic. And the fact that you can compete with other people, lots of people online, granted, I still get my butt kicked constantly. Like I am not very good at this game, but I just remember when this first came out, it was within like a week of each other, PUBG, and this came out right around the same time, and no one's talking about PUBG anymore. Like, I don't hear anyone talking about it. This Fortnite just blew up and became a phenomenon, and I think iOS, having this iOS version of it obviously helped just kind of spur all of this popularity, especially among kids where you have, like, Kids probably shouldn't be playing like a game where you're running around shooting people at like five or six years old. Uh, constantly, like, this is their addiction. This is what they're playing all the time. And so it's just really impressive what Epic has been able to do with this. And I, I just kudos to them. It's not, it's not something I tend to play a lot, but you have to give them credit for uh, this amazing release. Especially, like you said, just everything that comes to the console version is going to come to iOS. I mean, they have every 10 weeks counts as a season. So since iOS has come out, they've had season 6, and we're currently on season 7, and it was kind of midway through season 5. And every single period has included all kinds of special in-game events. Like around Halloween time, they included zombies. Around Christmas time, they had all these special winter-themed challenges. And when the map is covered now in snow, that is all simultaneously day of events happening on iOS console version. Say you're playing, you know, with your buddies on console at home, and then you go out, 
the next day you can just play right on your iPhone no matter where you are so that's kind of what makes it one of the best games of 2018 yep agreed and so Fortnite is free also the only things you can buy are either the cosmetic skins or the dances and those obviously don't impact gameplay so you can fully play the game for free too I, I was actually reading something humorous today. I guess people are using this in-game currency on Fortnite to launder money. It's become right, like an yep. insane method of laundering money. So <laughs> this is that obviously that's helping Epic with their bottom line and money coming through. But that's insane. There's all kinds of crazy stories about Fortnite. Like there's uh, like catfishing stories of guys finding little girls playing the game. It's just really creepy stuff. But I guess once you become yeah. that big, any all those yeah, things there's only so much policing you can do. Yeah, yeah. Everything that happens in society is then you know boiled down to happening in Fortnite simultaneously. Yeah, especially when you have that many players online too. Yep. And so again, Fortnite free, universal. Hopefully, you've heard of it. And I think it's if you haven't played it, just give it a try just to see what the craziness is. And if you like, kind of played it and really didn't get into it the first time. It comes down to who you play with. If you have buddies and you're just kind of messing around with friends, it doesn't even matter what else is going on. Playing solo definitely can be a bit of a struggle. Right, especially if you end up in a group of people that are playing this constantly and you're just overwhelmed by how good they are. Yep. Because, again, this game, it kind of is like uh, Edge of Tomorrow where the tagline was live, die, repeat, or die, die again. Both of those work for Fortnite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so number seven or number eight can't count. Number eight <laughs> is Wonderblade, which is a really over-the-top kind of side-scrolling two D action game where you just have essentially a sword and you're gonna do damage to all kinds of enemies. You have constant supply of enemies coming to you, and those enemies are gonna become more complex and challenging as you go. And the game reminded me of OMG Pirates with just like the fluid nature of all the movements of your character going against these enemies to build up combos that can reach in the hundreds when you pull off these special chains and then you dodge attacks and you come back. And even though it's a touch control scheme, this game is just fitting perfectly on the touch screen. So you can pull off all kinds of slick and fluid movements even though you're on a touchscreen it's never a limitation it's never something you really even think about like some fighting games you might occasionally look down on the screen to make sure your fingers or your thumbs are in the right position to tap buttons but this game you never have to do that you're just kind of in blasting or slicing away enemies as you go yeah, this is all about co building combos and chaining up those combos of hits, slashes, throwing fire, spinning, like doing these like brutal, like almost like finishing moves on, on characters. And it's just constantly trying to chain as many of those hits and attacks as you can. And then eventually you face like these unique and interesting boss battles that are related to kind of like the characters that you, that were, the, the smaller minions that were introduced during the levels. And it's just so well made. This feels like it could have been a console release that was ported over to iOS, 
but it's not. It's completely original for iOS. The controls, like you said, work perfectly on iOS. You never have that finger creep where you're not sure that you have your fingers over the right buttons. And it's just so well laid out and so perfectly made. This one is one where it's received almost no updates since its release. This wasn't the one I was talking about, but it doesn't need them. It works so well. There's not anything really they need to add unless they decide they want to add more content down the road to it. But really, there's so much content there. I'm actually at a point where I'm struggling to beat one of the boss battles, so I can't progress further <laughs> until I beat him. But I keep trying and I keep trying. I keep coming back. I put it down for a while, which is probably a bad thing because then I got to get all kind of familiar with everything again where uh but it's it's a nice challenge there are levels that are easier some are harder but it's just that a nice constant variety of things come up where yes some of the stuff is similar in the same-ish but then you end up with a new boss that kind of fights differently and you really have to change up your strategy so it's really well made. The The artwork is fantastic. And it's just a, a really super fun game. It, it really is. And just that ability to switch between using a magical ability or then just your sword. And then, like you said, those finishing moves. It is kind of just that Mortal Kombat idea where you just, like, you know, rip the guy's brain right out of his skull or something. And <laughs> it doesn't break the action. You know, there's like a little cutscene animation, but it still fits in with the fluid nature of the overall game. It's not like, oh, here, let's pause. You know, it just is always kind of pushing you forward into the next, into chaining everything together so that it's not like these kind of rigid breaking down moments. It's more just a constant progression through enemies to get onto that next boss battle and sequence of the game. Right, and they do a nice job of chunking the level. So each level has like three parts to it. So you'll have like this first somewhat easy part. Sometimes they'll completely switch it up. Instead of just like a side where you're walking around just chopping people up, it'll be like you're riding on the back of a carriage and you now have to toss barrels out of the back of the carriage to... to uh, hit the enemies that are kind of trying to come up and attack you or throw bombs at your carriage. So they do a nice job of really switching things up like completely different play style. And then there might be this, so then later there might be a sequence where you're riding on a boat and now you have to uh, attack these piranhas that are jumping out at you. And so you never know where they're going to come from. So they might become fine at the end of the boat or at the front of the boat. And you're just constantly going back and forth on the boat, fighting enemies that are coming onto the boat while the fish are coming up and jumping up as well. And you can eat the fish to kind of replenish your health. So there's all kinds of things going on. It's like absolute chaos, but fun chaos and it's just swinging of swords and pieces of things going everywhere and i don't know it's just it's crazy weird fun yeah there's absurdity and chaos but it's still controllable it's still manageable it's not overwhelming right right exactly and so that's wonder blade it's 2.99 and it's universal and then there's meteor fall which is a modern twist on a solitaire game and coincidentally enough it's when we record is the one-year anniversary of its release, or right around there. And if you've never heard the last podcast, we talked about it last January. The idea is that you essentially can pick four different classifications of characters. So it has this kind of roguelike idea as you're progressing through a card game. And then each kind of card that you're going to play through is 
just an enemy. You know, it's like you're going through an enemy that are translated into card decks. So it's kind of like Solitarica or Card Thief or Card Crawl and that kind of idea of turning card games into battle-based. And in this case, each one of your cards are going to be kind of different attacks where you're going to need to use them at the right time. Sometimes they're going to be spells. Sometimes it's a sword attack. It depends if you pick that wizard classification or, you know, just like the warrior classification. But regardless, you have kind of this set of enemies to get through, and then there's a boss battle, and then you get to this new region. Like, you know, you start in the woods, and then you go to a desert, and each one's going to have a different set of characters or of enemies to battle, and they all have their unique design to fit with the different region that you're in, and it just is made so that you want to play through it. You know, it's not like this endless thing, or even solitaire, you know, there's a set ending point, but it's played always that kind of same set of cards. This one, there's forking pathways to go through, and as soon as you beat a section, you want to get to the next section, and then you want to complete it all the way to build this, beat this ultimate boss, and then once you do that, you can play as a different classification to see if you can do it with a different class. Like, oh, I was really good with the wizard, will I be able to do it with the warrior or the archer? And so it's a different kind of challenge each time that you play, too. Yeah, this one is one that's been phenomenally supported throughout the year. And now there's actually a fifth class of character you can grab as well. And so the the whole thing is this uses a super simple swipe left, swipe right sort of setup. So you have your deck of cards and it's going to be different based on which one of those character classes you chose. They each have their own kind of really unique style to the type of cards that are going to come out. And your character itself has a certain number of health points, and then it also has the stamina points. And then you have this other timer, which is basically how many cards am I allowed to play on a turn? And so what you do is you play these cards, and they they use up stamina in order to play the cards. So you constantly have to, if you swipe right, you're playing the card, and it'll deduct your stamina and then do whatever the action is that that card does, whether it's an attack or a poison or a spell, or maybe it's just a buff for your character, like an item that goes on them. Or if you swipe left, you get whatever those stamina points are, you replenish your stamina with those points. It still counts as you using a card, but you have now can kind of replenish your stamina. So it's a constant kind of, uh, do I use this card or do I try to rebuild up my stamina and hope that one of my better cards is coming up in my deck and then I'll be able to play that card because then I'll have enough stamina to play it. And so you're constantly having to weigh these situations of, do I want to leave myself with no stamina because there's cards that hurt you if the other player has more stamina than you? And so it's a constant kind of, tricky battle of figuring out what to do with the cards you have because there's luck and then there's strategy but there's you can always kind of mitigate that luck based on your choices or when you get to go and purchase new cards or upgrade your cards you kind of really have to plan out what you're going to do based on either the money you have or what cards you've you've acquired and then there's even like little uh kind of pseudo quests that pop up where you have to make a decision of do I help this person or do I let or do I take some penalty if I don't help them or do I let them upgrade my card but it's going to cost me permanently reduce my health by a certain amount so there's all these little kind of interesting things you have to deal with along the way as you try to battle through four different locations and then eventually take out the 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 evil lich at the end of that 
grouping with that one character. And it's just like a, it's a nice, because it's always random what your cards are. It's, it's always different every time you play. There are going to be, there's an update in the works right now where they're actually going to have daily challenges uh, in the game where you'll now ha be able to have different situations where maybe they, uh, I forget what the actual situation is going to be, but they actually, there's some interesting things still in the works for, for the game uh, where they're constantly still continuing to update it, even though it's been out now for a year. Uh, and it's just such a fun game. Like this, this one probably would be on my top list for uh, car digital board games of the year. Like definitely, this is either number one or two of all the digital board games released this year. Because I've just played a ton of this, and I just keep coming back to it. And I have not won with all the characters. Some of these decks are difficult to play just because of the different type of style of that character that you really have to learn how to best use their grouping of cards. Yeah, it's that constant balancing act that you have, too, because it has that simple kind of Tinder mechanic, left or right, do you want to use this card or not? And you always have to weigh, is it worth the stamina to use this type of attack? Because you know your deck, and you know that you're constantly trying to upgrade cards in the deck and get rid of other cards that aren't as helpful, but you always kind of know what could come in the future. So do I want to use, do I want to use my stamina on this card, or do I want to wait for that next attack power that I know is really good and it's going to come up eventually? And so it's always that balancing act. And then, like we both said, you know, for me, Greybeard is the one that I was able to complete the entire game with. But then I would play with Mischief and I wouldn't even make it past the second boss. And it's all because you have a different starter deck. So it's really a whole different strategy complex that you have to consider with each decision of every card that you're going to play. Yeah, and if you're, if you're even interested in, like, how... Um the development process goes and how the how well these games like these sorts of things do i highly recommend going and looking at slothworks's uh twitter feed and they just posted this long article that goes in depth very candid about the the money they've earned from the game and the differences between Android and iOS releases of the game and how well it did and their decision to raise the price from its original price of 2.99 to 3.99 and it's a really interesting read so if if you're curious at all of like how well these indie developers do Slothworks has been really open and honest about this title in particular of exactly its life cycle over the past year. And I definitely recommend reading it. Yeah, that's definitely worth noting. And so Meteor Fall is $3.99. It's universal. And that was number seven on our list. Number six is actually Apple's pick for game of the year. I have no idea how they pick. A lot of their other choices are pretty uninspired but donut county definitely is worth mentioning we have it at six it's definitely not the best game that came out but it's a pretty outstanding game it takes a relatively familiar mechanic if you if you've looked at the app store you've seen in the top free charts there's games like hole.io and similar games that are super popular and they use a similar mechanic where essentially you have a circle you eat smaller things your circle gets bigger as your circle gets bigger you can eat bigger things and all eventually until you are able to eat everything in the screen and it's essentially built on that katamari style from way back when but it was fashioned into a hole in the ground and the really 
you've played that game. It's similar. It's familiar. There's other alternatives. What makes Donut County st stand out is that there's a whole storyline. There's a whole reason to swallow these things up. So you play as this little raccoon who has an app where people order essentially donuts, but it's a black hole that encompasses their entire property. So every single property is different. So not only do you hear the story of the raccoon and kind of setting up the black holes that are created, but then you get to hear the story and the situation of every single kind of family and person that you kind of destroy their entire life. So it's this really interesting complex. You know that you're going to destroy their life, but it's your kind of incentive in the game. And then there's kind of this future backstory transition of the story as now this person is down in the hole kind of talking with each other. And then we go back to you creating the hole and making them end up inside of it. Right, yeah, it's the storyline of this is really what makes the game. It's absolutely hilarious. And then, like you said, you the the raccoon did this to these these various animal characters, and they're in this this nothingness underneath the world, and they're telling their story of how they came to be here. But it's actually you controlling that hole to recreate the situation of how they got there. So you end up having to basically destroy these people's houses and their all of their land and suck everything up into a hole by progressively sucking up smaller to larger things. And it's just a fun way to kind of take you through a story. It's totally different than anything you've played before. Well... Story-wise, the game, you've obviously uh, played this similar type of setup before, but never in this, like, a story element setup. And I love this game. I played it through almost in one sitting. It only took about 90 minutes to play. I think I, I'd stopped for dinner and then played the rest. My daughter saw me playing it. She wanted to play it. She sat down and played it all in one sitting. She loved it. And it's just, like, easily approachable. Uh, for anyone, because it is that familiar mechanic that you've done before, but it just drives this narrative story that is just a, amusing and entertaining in its own right. And there's even like a, a massive, like weird boss battle in in it as well. So, if you're looking for something that's really creative and interesting, but use like a creative take on a familiar puzzle style then uh, i think you're really going to enjoy this and then that's one point always worth mentioning is that playing through a game in entirety because we're always playing new games you know every week there's this whole slate of new games that come out and we need to play them talk about them on the podcast and it takes a special kind of game for either of us to go back and make sure that we want to finish this game it stood out enough it was good enough that i want to complete the whole thing and that's what makes a top 10 game, and that's essentially what makes Donut County right here at number 6. Right, yeah, and even if th there's some games that are on this list that we didn't complete, but it's not because of a lack of trying. Like, I tried to complete Wonder Blade, but I am stuck. Yeah. And so that's Donut County. It's four ninety nine. It's Universal. And next up, coming in at 5, so now we're into those top 5 real rare fight air is Oddmar. It came out back in April. It comes from the makers of Dark Nebula and then they also made a really good, oh, what's his name? Leo's Fortune last year or two years ago and they just have this really good pedigree 
of making these really deluxe platformer games and it seems like each game is building upon the past so they have this baseline of greatness and now they're building on top of it and so with Oddmar it's beautifully rendered beautifully designed you play as this little viking guy where the rest of the viking village has essentially been sucked away into an alternate dimension or whatever so it's up to you you're the last one left and you need to save everyone else and since you're a little guy you actually have to use kind of your surroundings environment to the best of your ability so his main kind of mechanic instead of jumping he plants a mushroom into the ground and bounces off of it and then he has a big axe in traditional viking fashion and it's just kind of that action platformer where you have to jump through sequences and then kill enemies as you go with your big axe and these enemies are going to get really complex kind of they stack really well so you kind of focus in one on the ground and then one up above you is shooting down on you you know they're kind of like mystical plants and all kinds of crazy things into Norse mythology but you're just kind of piling your way through and just doing these weird mushroom jumps to get into the best possible positions even your wall jumps are mushroom based to then be able to get that axe right onto these enemies yeah so for those of you keeping score here this is the second action platformer that we've kind of put on this list and it's because they it is so well made that it doesn't matter that you don't have physical controls like this is so smooth and easy to control the character and get jump around to grab these coins and uh just pull off these moves that it just so well made like i i don't know this one immediately captured my attention the the only problem i've had so far with it is i went back to go play more of it and for some reason it it needs an internet connection in order to download everything but for some reason it keeps on saying i don't have an internet connection even though I have an internet connection. So I can't actually progress further in the game because I can't download the level. Uh, I haven't, I'm about ready to fully delete it and reinstall and see if that helps. But that's one weird issue that I've, I've hit recently with this game. But this is one that I, the pedigree is definitely there. Like every single time, uh, these games look phenomenally good. But then, they have to play well as well. And like Leo's Fortune played so well. Oddmar plays like perfectly, so smoothly. And you just want to keep coming back and play more levels. And once again, it's chunked up so you can easily play a few levels at a time or a level at a time and keep coming back. And you, it has this branching setup so you can decide maybe this level over here you're struggling with, you can go back and try a different level. And so it's just a nice setup for mobile to be able to not kind of be forced down a path, which oftentimes these action platformers kind of just, you have to go end to end where this one, at least if I could get it to download, I could go and start trying other paths and kind of get by the stuck points where maybe I'm struggling over here. I can go see if I can hone my skills over here and come back and try another area. Yeah, the forking pathway on the map is definitely different for action platformers. Like, if you've played any type of Mario game, it's always level to level, or any, you know, Sonic, or whatever the case may be. So to kind of change that up, and then within the level itself, platformers have such that kind of history of different styles. You know, where there's like a Rayman game. This is actually more kind of similar to Rayman, with more of a action-based, kind of like Earthworm Jim, 
where you're going to care more about destroying enemies and not just avoiding them. But regardless, they've kind of just balanced it so well. Like Leo's fortune was really kind of just about floating along. You're this little puffball, and it's about building momentum and doing these different complex jumping sequences. While Oddmar is more of getting into the right position to destroy enemies. You really need to focus on getting rid of enemies, especially once you get to like the fourth or fifth level. So not too long into the game, there are some definite complex sequences to kind of maneuver your way through and then as you go that kind of world is going to shift right be before your eyes just because you're have that whole where did the whole viking civilization go that you're kind of leading towards yeah and then there's there's uh the, the, i've seen this in a number of games but there's also like the hidden coins that you can find as well. So even if you're someone who just kind of just blows through the level, kind of going through it full force, just reach the end and you're through, there's incentive to go back and kind of explore all the parts of the level. See if there's areas where maybe you didn't realize you could kind of get yourself up to and you could reach that have these hidden other uh, gems or other coins in there. So there's always a reason to go back. I, the game only has 24 levels, which, I mean, it's still plenty for this game, but it seems like a small number at first, but the they are so expansive, and there are these areas that you can kind of go and find and, and try and get that 100%, the full uh, everything, find everything mentality. Yep. And those levels, they do have a nice checkpoint system, too, so you don't have to make it through all yes. in one run. Yep. And so that's Oddmar. It's four ninety nine. It's universal. And now, just missing out at the top three, comes in at number four, Grim Valor, which is a little bit like Wonder Blade in this side-scrolling action kind of sword-based game, but it takes a whole 3D run at things rather than a 2D run at things, and... The 3D design is absolutely phenomenal, but really it's the depth of this game where there's this whole expansive map where you can take different paths and you get to see it unfold where it's more of this room-based setup in the map and you start to see how much is involved in this game because it shows you kind of like percent complete and you've been playing for a couple hours and it's like 7%. You're like, what? And so <laughs> you're, you're setting yourself up for this huge kind of adventure to go through and then it's just that classic over-the-top combat idea where you have this big huge sword to the female protagonist and you're just ripping these like big demon guys apart and then as you go you're going to unlock special abilities where you swipe down and it's this big smashing ability or you swipe left and right and it's this long sword cut to really demolish these enemies and as you go those enemies start to stack up where you'll beat a boss early in the game and now that boss is kind of just a regular enemy you're going to face. That's how more complex the enemies are going to become as you go. And then there's these sequences where you have four big kind of bruiser enemies on the ground. And then you have two fireball shooting enemies flying above you. And you have to kind of deal with it all. And through it all, all these complexities, again, just like Wonder Blade, it's this beautiful touch control scheme where you don't have to look down at the controls. You can pull it off also seamlessly and smoothly and you can even kind of jump in the air and do like five sword slashes on these flying enemies and not have to worry about kind of 
oh, my buttons or my finger slipped off the button or I got kind of lost in the air or anything like that. It's always kind of based in being able to pull off everything, even all the complexities that they throw at you. Right. Yeah. This, I mean, this is every, this checks off every bullet point. It has those controls. It has an excellent checkpoint system. It's constantly telling you what percentage you're complete. So you know where you need to go explore more. Like, you know, which areas of that map you should navigate to because there's unexplored areas. You have that constant where you can upgrade your character in order to help them progress further and make it by the these uh bigger enemies there's that rechargeable they're constantly shooting out the the little crystals that allow you to recharge your super that super swipe down uh ability so as you start to go against these enemy these big boss battles you realize you really need to have that thing charged so you'll charge that up before you go into the boss battle and then you'll have to take out some of the smaller enemies as little minions come out and you can recharge those powers as you go and it's usually pretty close at least for me of you beating those bosses you're never going to be uh completely destroying them and like taking them out no problem it's going to come down to the wire and it's going to take multiple attempts and you're going to feel good about it when you finally beat this thing after five six 20 attempts at this thing and then finally you take them out and it's just there's so much game within this game that you're you have hours upon hours upon hours of gameplay uh for for seven dollars and it just feels like a a console release on ios like the controls work so well even though they're touch controls you do have the the option of using the mfi controller i only use it just to see if it worked never had to use it um I never felt compelled to sit down with it to play this. Like, I just use what's on the screen. It feels uh, almost more tactile and like you're in the game having those touch controls, especially when you're swiping down and all of a sudden that giant swipe of the sword comes down. I just, uh, it feels good to play and it's just very well made game. And they balance the challenge throughout because your character is going to get stronger and stronger but it's just to match the enemies that are getting stronger and stronger. There's never a sequence where, I can't do this, this is too hard. But there's also never a sequence where, oh, this is super easy, I'm just blowing through these guys. You're going to die and fail multiple times throughout the course of the game, but it's never completely overwhelming that you're stuck. They just balance that difficulty curve as well as you could. Right, yeah. The only I think if you take too much time off, like I noticed I had put it down because we had talked about it, and then I tried to go back to it. It took me a bit to get back into the flow of it that I was prepared. Like, I think just playing through it, you're also building up your skills yeah. as well as the characters. And I think if you walk away from it for too long, you're going to have some problems kind of re-getting yourself back into the groove. But once you get it, it just feels so good again to kind of just plow through these enemies and work your way through these maps and... and uh, especially when that thing goes off and it's like you're being hunted I'm like oh no what's going on and then you're like trying to get away and then you take out the thing that's hunting you and then you barely survive but then you can make it to a checkpoint and then you're okay 
Uh, it's just, it just all these little victories during the game, and they just do a nice job, like you said, with the balancing and having this where you constantly feel like you're tested, but you're never like just given things. And they have one of the best dodge buttons on iOS, where it's one thing to dodge and your character does a generic roll every single time you press it. This game, it does this kind of almost slow motion ability where your character kind of, you get to see him go past the enemy's blade in this really neat animation. But it's all fluid in real time, but it's just such a essential part of the game to dodge attacks because when those enemies hit you, it's going to take like a quarter or even a half of your entire life just with one hit. So you can't get hit very often in this game. So that dodge button yeah, is no, essential. Yeah, no. That dodge button is going to be part of your strategy on a number of these big boss battles. You have to use that constantly to just kind of get away from things or get through them when they're doing like a brutal, fast attack at you. You can kind of just do that kind of almost float dodge right through things. So definitely, it's one of your best tools in your arsenal. Yep. So that's Grim Valor. It's $6.99. It's universal. And that means it's time for the top three and coming in. On the list at number three is Suzy Cube, which is a really fun game just because of the history of watching it come together. I think I first saw it at like GDC 2016, or maybe it was, no, it was GDC 2015, and then 2016 asked how it's coming, 2017 asked how it's coming, and then finally it came out in 2018. And thanks to Noodle Cake, I think publishing it finally helped him get it over kind of the finish line. But all that time, you can see what it went into to create. So this is a 3D platformer in its kind of purest form based on all those ones from the past. Just as kind of an aside, Super Mario 64 is my favorite video game of all time. And this game just harkens back to that idea, to that just fluid nature of having a platformer where you're going to move everything in 3D. And then this game makes it so each level kind of focuses on a different mechanic you have one level where it's going to be like this rising idea where you're running around curves and there's water below you ever rising and then you have another level where you're almost on this ice sliding down sequences through the entire thing till you reach the end and then you have another where it's all based on these timing mechanics where you flip a switch and blocks start rising and you have to make it through that rising block sequence before the timer expires. So it's all those kind of elements and pieces you've seen from different Mario games as its own kind of level as you go. So each one is a completely different experience, its own kind of world upon itself. Yeah, I and mean, this is probably the closest we've gotten so far, even with a Mario game released, <laughs> to a proper Mario game being released on on iOS platforms. And it's just a, just a fun kind of... It's so reminiscent of that classic game that all we all grew up with, we all love, and it's just now you can do that sort of platforming-style game on iOS and it's it's very well made. The this was the one I was actually referring to that's actually only received a single update in in the entire time that it was released. And it was like two days after it was released. So it has not been updated. Uh but it, so far it it doesn't really need. Every once in a while the camera gets a little screwy and a little messed up, but otherwise it just works. Like this is the type I don't know. It's it just so 
engrossing and just something you just have fun and you can't stop smiling while you're playing it because it is that nostalgic feel uh but with this cool little cute little new character yeah it's like there's modern flourishes throughout but it still has the full nostalgia package just the idea you know you collect coins every hundred coins gives you another life when you lose lives it's no big deal because you know you're so close to getting another one and then there's going to be three hidden stars through the level so as you're going you're not just kind of full blast let me run to the finish line you kind of hold back you maybe go explore a few side areas off the corner of the, or edge of the screen just to see maybe there's a hidden blue star over here or you might go on a sequence you never like it's not a forking pathway but there's this kind of like edge like oh there's really nothing going there but you're going to go explore it anyway and there might not be nothing there after all but you have to explore it because you you can't complete a level without finding all three stars. It's that <laughs> classic platformer idea. You have to complete the level. It's not just finishing the level. Right, and you do have that timer that's going as well yeah. to kind of keep you honest and make sure you're not just hanging out doing nothing. You do have to make sure you're doing it within a certain amount of time, so you can't be too slow. Granted, it seems like you do have plenty of time for the most part. A few of the levels, it got a little close, but maybe that's just because I was spending a little too much time, but... Uh, yeah, you always have that thing that's kind of forcing you to go move and not just hang out and do nothing. But yeah, who's not going to go for all three stars? Really? Come on. You have to look for all three stars. And then Susie also has those unlockable caps where one of them gives her the ability to double jump. Another one kind of offers this ground pound ability. And then the entire level is structured around that hat's ability. So now you're going to have different enemy types like these big bruising rock guys that are only countered by that big ground pound hat. So you better not get injured because then you lose your hat and it's going to be a tough sled through the rest of the level. And the stars are going to be almost impossible without these special hats. So it's just that constant varied challenge from level to level mixed with all of the classic platforming elements kind of rolled into one. It's like... The developer goes and, you know, plays all these different games, takes notes of his favorite parts, and then tries to create them all into this one game. Yeah, yeah. If you like any of the, any of the Mario games, I mean, you really owe it to yourself to check this out. Yep. So that's Suzy Cube. It's three ninety nine Universal. And then number two on the list is Death Coming, which is probably not on a bunch of other people's lists, but this <laughs> is a game that is absolutely... But we're dark. It... it it's absolutely hilarious. So just let's put it out there. You're playing as the Death Reaper, and your ultimate goal is to kill people. So once you understand that idea of the game, you can just have a ton of fun with it because then it's about killing people in the most spectacular way. It's kind of like an interactive version of Final Destination. All those different movies are great when they pull off those chain event sequences, and now you actually are in control of it. Like you can tap on a telephone wire or a power line and it falls down into this puddle and it zaps anyone who's standing near that puddle. Or you have all these like people at the pool and they're kind of standing up and then you tap on the awning, it comes falling down and it crushes the people below the awning. And you just have all these different sequences where then you try to kill these rack up these mega kills multi kills where you're getting as many people together as possible you might even replay a level to get bigger kills and then probably the best part is that every level is a completely different scenario like you start and it's a regular town then the next level is like this north korean type of nuclear facility 
with all these new potential action points to kill everyone and then each level has a set number of people you need to kill say there's 63 people well you need to kill 56 just to advance but really don't you want to kill all 63 people and if you don't do the proper order of operations there's some people who are gonna make it safe and be let go or then you'll get to a museum and then you have crazy things like the big t-rex skeleton can come to life or this weird uh, plant thing can come to life and so it's not just killing people in kind of simple born way like oh here let me shoot this guy and let me shoot this guy or let me swipe this guy with a sword or whatever like a lot of these games on these lists are about killing people or they're enemies they're not people this game does it in the most creative fashion that I've seen on the app store to just make it hilarious where you know you're killing digital characters they're little bits it doesn't really matter so make it as funny as possible make it so you're absolutely laughing and just enjoying killing people yeah so last year i think i yeah. picked for my game of the year i picked party hard go <laughs> or it was right up there <laughs> and so i think the first time we talked about this i mentioned it feels like this is like a crossover between party hard go and the ivanovich games like the where's my geek and the mm -hmm. time geeks and and those like it's that same pixelized style with so much going on on the screen like so many little things to find almost like a where's waldo painting or drawing where there's all these little details all over the place and all these little things but now these are interactive and you have to trigger them in order to cause these deaths or cause these chain reactions that cause the deaths and like you said you have to do it in the right order and so it's this whole strategy puzzle game where you have to figure out how am i going to get these people dead and and how can I take out the most people or how do I trigger in such a way that I could get them maybe to flee from one area and take them out in another area? Or maybe these guys are blocking something from happening, so I got to do this over here. And so it's it's just that combination of strategy, the humor of it all, that uh, granted is very dark humor, but I, I don't know. I, there's just so much to love about this game because... It just hits all these little things of what I look for in a game, and the, it hits my sense of humor. It hits, uh, like, I love puzzle games, and it's just such a nice blend of elements that is just so unique from anything on the App Store that you can't help but love this game. Yeah, it's a pure puzzle strategy game where you have to think about the order of operations to everything you do, regardless of the theme or anything. You know, it could be all kinds of black and white blocks on the screen that you interact with. So you just have a great puzzle experience. And then you flesh it out with this super creative idea of playing as the Grim Reaper's assistant and trying to kind of prove your mettle by going through and killing as many people as possible in the most spectacular of ways to get those insane multi-kills. And then that where's my geek kind of connection is perfect. Just all these easter eggs essentially in the environment some aren't even interaction based on killing people they're just kind of fun little asides based on pop culture and just fun little things they can include and so you just you know blend it all together in this all-encompassing experience so that you just enjoy every single minute that you spend with this game yeah i this so unique and fresh that i like i'm so impressed with this one, I, I mean, I'm I'm disappointed it's not on other people's lists. I I don't know if it's just because it came out. I think this came up pretty early in the yeah, year. Yeah, I think it was like January, February. 
And so uh, maybe people just kind of for March. Oh, no, no. I think it came out before March. But yeah, I think people just kind of must have forgotten about it or something because I don't know. It's so good. I I don't I'm curious if what these guys are going to release next. I don't know if they have anything else out in the App Store yet, Uh, but it is definitely uh uh, one to, to check out if you have not. If you like dark humor and you went with our recommendation of Party Hard Go last year, I think you're going to enjoy this this year. This is the, the, the this year high recommendation. Yeah, do yourself a favor and check it out. If you've ever enjoyed any Final Destination film or you like Party Hard Go, like you said, or you just like puzzle games or you like Bojack Horseman or just any kind of combination of anything... Do yourself a favor, check it out. Try that first. I mean, it's two bucks. If you don't <laughs> just crack up at least once for two dollars, I mean, I can't imagine anybody not enjoying this kind of game unless you're like some super hoity-toity type of person that just can't find humor in things. But other than that, you you should definitely <laughs> check out Death Coming. It barely missed well, maybe out. Maybe not kids. Yeah, it barely maybe missed out on being game of the year. That's for sure. But yeah. real little kids. I mean, if your kid is 10, I'm sure they can handle this. Because, again, you're goofing around with digital bits of art on screen. True. <laughs> True. But the deaths are relatively bloody. When something comes crashing down on their head, it's not like the blocks just disappear. You know, they're going to squirt out all kinds of blood. <laughs> it's not like but Thanos more pixels. where they're yes. just going to turn to dust. Okay? There are going to be some gruesome deaths. <laughs> yes. And so that's death coming. It's $1.99. It's universal. And that means it's time for the game of the year. And drum roll, it's going to be Bring You Home, which is an absolutely amazing, charming creation. I mean, it's more than a game. It's just like this heartfelt love letter of being able to create an interactive experience that the player actually connects to. So this comes from a developer who made an awesome game called Love You to Bits, which creates this great story dynamic of a guy essentially loving, falling in love with a robot and trying to find her through different planets and space realms to get all the pieces to bring her back to life. And so Bring You Home is a similar idea, just now it's a guy and his lost pet. His pet's taken away. And so now he has to go through portals. You know, it has this Rick and Morty portal idea where you go to these crazy, insane lands to get your pet back. And what makes this game stand out, it's kind of like Death Coming and just this pure puzzle experience where the puzzles are absolutely great. But it takes it up a notch by making it, doing something that few games do where you actually relish in your failures. So you're going to lose and mess up multiple times. Essentially, each level splits the screen into different panels, and you can swipe up and down or left and right to change what's in that panel. And that's going to... Then you press the play button. So you put all four panels or five panels in the proper order that you think is going to work. You press play, and then you see what the guy's going to do. You get to see how everything reacts. And usually, it's going to mess up. So, you know, you have a crazy level where there's like this circus idea and you put the flaming hoop, you put this like vulture thing and you put the rope and it's like, I hope this works. You press play and then it (laughs) turns out that the vulture just swoops him down and kills him. Or you're like, okay, I don't work that. And so you flip that around and you just have to keep flipping him around and seeing if he can make it through. 
But again, even if he doesn't, it's a hilarious animation when he does fail. And you kind of don't even want to advance until you find all the possible failures and just outcomes because each one's going to come with a different animation. It's not like, oh, you lose, reset. You get to see what happens to the guy and you're like, okay, well, let's switch this panel around so that doesn't happen again. But maybe I do want to see what happens in this other panel, even if it's not the right thing. Like, you might have a choice where it's a bear, a lion, or a tiger and they're all gonna essentially eat him but you want to see them all eat him like you know they're all gonna eat him but you have to do a panel up ahead to make sure he like kind of swings over their head and misses all of them but maybe you'll just save that and just see him get eaten in these different ways right and there's also incentive because you can find these pictures by doing it certain ways you do it one way and you get this unlock this little picture that he'll find which show you like a little nostalgic scene from from the thing like this was such an easy pick for me like this came out end of january of last year updated once such an easy pick. I absolutely loved Love You to Bits. I know that sounds stupid, but yes, I, I absolutely loved it. My daughter played through it. She loved it. We played through it side by side. We each playing through it. Loved it. This same thing. I I was playing. She was playing on her device. We she. I think she's played through it three or four times now. She's played through the whole game multiple times. And absolutely loved it it's so cute so endearing like you like you said you want to watch every one of these animations because each one is unique and precious and entertaining and it's just so much work must have gone into making this to have the animations for every single one of these different possible scenarios you could end up with and it's just humorous in situations others are like they're heartwarming and it's just such a well-made game uh, that just is so much entertainment and it's just a simple kind of setup like it's you're just moving these things and kind of trying to arrange them in the right order and then hitting play but it's just so much thought goes into it like uh, you have to think of well what is this going to cause this to do and this to do as you're trying to arrange it and figure it out it almost kind of remind me a little bit of like framed yeah play, that's that what game I was where, say. where you have that kind of setup but to me this was just a like that was more of a noir kind of like spy thing this is just a cute story that you want to help this guy get his pet back and it's just i don't know it's just there's so much uh i don't know this such an easy pick like i knew from the beginning of the year like i love this game so much that it was going to take a lot for this to push anything to cause the not to be my number one for the for the year it's funny when we talked about it on the podcast we were talking about how charming and how it hits all these things and it's the definite game of the year candidate when we get to the end of the year and it ended up being the best of the year and it really it stood its apart just because it has kind of those ideas of framed or gorgoa but it just makes it way more just colorful and bright and fun and i know i sounded a little bit sadistic talking about death coming and then talking about <laughs> all the failures and bring you home but it this is a completely different experience because you're leading to go rescue your pet like you want to see those animations because they're fun you know they're not gruesome they're hilarious failures even he kind of like trumble, trips, stumbles, and falls through this portal. You know, it, it's like goofy kind of fun that you just want to see. And then there's like 45 levels, but then there's multiple endings depending on what you pick. And they're both heartwarming. There's 
I mean, I'm not going to spoil it, but either choice is going to be kind of this heartwarming idea of what ends up happening on his journey to end up saving his pet or trying to save his pet. And it's just so well done just that you'll want to play every one of those 45 levels. You're going to play each one of those levels multiple times. You're going to play the game to view both multiple endings. And that's an experience that really easily stands out on iOS, especially because it's three bucks. I can't imagine, you know, movies cost like 10 bucks now or whatever to go see, and that's two hours. You're going to spend way more than two hours with this game for $3. Yeah, anything that a like Studios puts out from now on is an insta-buy for me. Like, they also worked on, the two brothers uh, that work, who, that run alike worked on the design of Tiny Thief as well. I was going to well. say, and you'll see a like lot of similarities, yep. yeah. And so... These guys, like, every single time, they just... And most of the stuff is wordless, too, and they can tell a story. They're from Barcelona. They probably speak English. I don't speak Spanish. But they can tell a story without even having to have words or anything and make you emotional about these characters just with their animations. It's just amazing what they're able to do. Just with the their art and the, the whole... Uh, just the story that they tell. It's just, I will buy anything these guys put out. I hope they're working on something else. It's now been a year. I'm hoping that they have something else in the works uh, for for 2019 or 2020. But whatever it is, I will be buying it. That's another great factor to point out, just to be able to convey story and emotion without any dialogue. You know, there's no text on screen needed. There's no voice work that's needed because they did such an amazing job to convey emotion just through the story they've created through visual imagery. That's really kind of the, always a definite highlight for me in any games that come out on any platform. Yep. And so, again, that's Bring You Home. It's two ninety nine. It's Universal, and it's our 2018 Game of the Year pick. And just kind of now taking kind of a step back, nine of the ten games on our top ten are paid games. The only free one was Fortnite. And I know that the trend <laughs> of the app store is this push towards free, everything's free, freemium, will nickel and dime consumers after the fact. But when it comes to quality, do yourself a favor and pay for a game up front. We, we're recommending it for a reason. You're not going to be disappointed with any of these 10 games, depending on kind of your genre picks, what you like, and the styles that you go for. But you can't go wrong with any of these games. And the prices again are less than a movie video games on consoles are going to cost $60 and you might not get your full money's worth they might be these like super expansive 3d worlds with hundreds of hours of gameplay but do they come and really deliver just a pack a punch of fun for three dollars two dollars or something just like pure fun that you can play anywhere at any time that's how these games stand out essentially or especially because it's so difficult to kind of rank games and compare games from different genres how do you compare like a quick action game that's made for you to play for a minute at a time with a game that has like you know tons of worlds and menus and has dozens of hours of gameplay the way to compare them is to kind of say how does it fit within its genre how like is this quick action game a great one in its genre is it better than all the other ones in its genre and that's kind of how you do it. So that's what we try to do with these top tens to compare very diverse categories and genres and gameplay styles and boil it down to what just really 
was the outstanding games to make it worth your time because really that's the big thing these things are all less than 10 bucks or most of them are less than five bucks so time is the question mark it's not the cost right and especially like these are the games i think overall these games they offer a lot of gameplay for that money too it's not like you're gonna be done with them granted i think donut county we said was 90 minutes but it's not you're not going to be flying through these games you should take like even if you just choose one from this list spend the money on it and it's going to last you a while or if you want to save money buy an itunes card at a discount and then buy multiple games or some of these have gone on sale others have not you could kind of watch these titles and get them when they go on sale on Black Friday or a sale time if you want to try to save some money. But really, we tried to pick out 10 games that you really can feel good about spending money on, that you're not going to feel like you were cheated. Because uh, there's times when I'll buy a game because I want to check it out, and I either think it's terrible or I play through it so quickly that I feel like it wasn't worth the money I spent on it. I feel like this curated list that we've given you, these are all good deals. Even at their full price, you are going to get a lot of gameplay. So you don't necessarily have to wait till they go on sale. They may not go on sale, but definitely keep an eye on these titles. These developers, if you say you already have these games, keep an eye on these developers. There's other stuff in the works by a number of these developers that odds are if you like these titles... Their next titles are definitely worth at least keeping an eye on, whether or not you buy them outright right away, but definitely keep an eye on the work they're doing. I know Slothworks is working on another title uh, that's in the same universe as Meteorfall. And so I that's one I'm keeping an, a very close eye on. But definitely, like these should be like a guide of games that you should pick up, but then also developers that maybe you want to watch. Yep, I just added them all up. It's $35 for these 10 games. Oh my gosh, bucks. that's less than like a console game, yes. And so you could play all 10 of these games for $35, you know, or you could pay $60 for one game. And if you played all of these games combined, it's going to be dozens and dozens of hours of gameplay. But the main difference is, guess what? They all play differently. You know, when you play, you know, you <laughs> buy like some Fallout 76 or whatever the case may be it's the same style over and over red dead redemption 2 these are amazing games i'm not knocking them or anything but it's going to be the same overall structural style for 35 dollars you're going to play completely different games they're going to give you dozens of hours of gameplay and they're absolutely amazing and bring you home was our game of the year yep brett thanks for joining me well it's a pleasure as always it's been a while but it's good to be back in and to everyone listening we hope you enjoyed and stay in tune. We're back on that weekly schedule. This was episode 89. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.